0: Since it's flannel, I'm gonna roll my sleeves up. Is that okay? Can we be informal today? Y'all don't mind. Sometimes when you do work, you gotta roll your sleeves up. You know? Okay. Is this side over here? Do y'all need a little extra this morning? Y'all need a little life. There's somebody right here on the front row feels like they're pulling it all by themselves. It's all right. It's such an honor and a privilege to be able to bring the word this morning. We're just going to dive right in. We're in the month of December, focusing on, magnifying, celebrating. What we all know is the, this, I'm going to try for this to be the only time that I use this cliche, but this is the reason for the season is that God gave us his son. And so we've titled uh, this month's sermon series, it be four parts for the four weeks of December. And we've called this sermon series, The Gift. The Gift. Because we want to emphasize and focus on the gift that God gave us in his son. So if you don't mind, if you have your Bibles this morning, you can open up to Matthew chapter one. Matthew chapter one, we're gonna start in verse 18. Matthew chapter chapter 1 and verse 18. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. We're going to read together. And so this is what the heading in my Bible says. I trust that yours says something similar. But my Bible says, the heading says, Christ born of Mary. So I like, I like Matthew's gospel think sometimes he doesn't get the credit that maybe he deserves but Matthew he just kind of goes for it so it says this in verse 18 now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they had came together she was found with child of the Holy Spirit then Joseph her husband being a just man And not wanting to make her a public example, he was of a mind to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. For my Bible scholars out there, if you're curious, who is this prophet that they're quoting? It's the prophet Isaiah from chapter 7. And so you can go in Isaiah and read that same passage, that old ancient prophecy being fulfilled. In verse 24, then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took to him his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, And they called his name Jesus. And so I thought this was a great passage that accurately yet briefly informs us and summarizes for us the story of conception and the birth of Jesus. And so we'll spend some time together these remaining weeks. clear and powerful principle of what God was doing when he gave us His son, And if you don't mind, I know that we've prayed a lot together today, but I want to handle God's Word with care and accuracy. So if you don't mind, I'd like for us to pray just before I preach. Is that okay? Um, If you wouldn't mind, pray with me. Lord, we humble ourselves before you today. And Lord, we open our hearts to receive your Word. Lord, I want to hear from you today. I want to learn from you today. So Lord, we ask that you shepherd us through your word. Lord, I ask that you help me to teach and to preach. Lord, help me to speak clearly and accurately. Lord, we put our trust in you and in your word that you will do what you've always done. And that you'll use your word to change men and women's lives forever. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you, Sarah. So if it's all right, I would just like to focus on three main points today. The first point is this. To properly understand what God was doing when he gave us his son. It's worth our time to hit pause and to reflect on what was going on in the world before Christ came into the picture. And so we've just spent eight weeks together, maybe eight weeks plus, talking about one of the critical stories of the Old Testament. The efforts of God to remove his people from slavery and bring them into a promised land. God did that. But if you study the rest of the Old Testament, you find this, that God's people lived in a cycle, an unending cycle, where they would follow God, they would keep the law, they would keep His ways, and more or less, they would live in prosperity and freedom. But then eventually, the circle would trend downwards, and they would start to worship idols and live a life of sin, and then it wasn't long before they became captives and slaves of some foreign nation. And so we see this cycle all through the Old Testament of mankind, of our entire species. We would go a little while, we would do well, and we would be blessed, and then we would do bad again. Why would we be doing so good and then what seemed like an endless summer of righteousness, and then all of a sudden we botch it, and next thing you know, we're doing all kinds of nasty, evil, wicked things, polluting the world with our sin. And so what we see when we study the Old Testament is this very simple principle. That human beings don't have the power to change their own nature. And that an imperfect law of the Old Testament that is meant to give justice to men in our fleshly and carnal natures, even that could not save us. We needed something. We needed someone To save us from ourselves. Because it was clear we didn't have the ability, the constitution, nor the power to change ourselves. And so through the Old Testament, all of humanity lived in cycles of wickedness. There was no cause for celebration because no matter what feat we achieved or no matter what great thing we built, we would certainly fill it, pollute it, and condemn it with our wickedness. And so we were not necessarily living as a slave to Pharaoh or to Egypt. We were living as slaves to our own nature. That's good preaching right there. And so you could have been living free in Israel or free in any other country, but you were still a slave to your sin nature. And try as you might, you would stumble, you would falter, you would fail, you would botch it. You would forego the goodness and blessing of God. But have you know that just like the people of Israel, they were in slavery for 400 years. Eventually, God said, enough is enough. And what did he tell Moses? I have heard the cries of my people come up before me. They're tired of being in slavery, and I'm tired of them being in slavery, and so I'm going to do something about it. And so he raises up a man out of the middle of nowhere and he gives him the assignment and the anointing to set them free and in just a few days they break the back of an empire and the people walk out free fast forward and we know at the end of the old testament is the story of malachi and after the book of malachi there was 400 years of silence and so here's what that means is that we have no record no memory Of in those 400 years, God saying or doing anything on this planet. For 400 years, God did not say or do anything on this planet. He allowed us to have our own way. And so the major religions that we still grapple with to this day were founded when? During that 400 years. You know the nasty Roman Empire. We like their buildings and we like their food, but you wouldn't have enjoyed being a Roman. I promise you. When did they pop up in that 400 years of silence? And so we, the world of antiquity was forged with war and blood during those 400 years of silence. But just like when the people were stuck in Egypt and God finally said, enough is enough. I am done watching y'all suffer. I can't take it no more. I'm going to raise somebody up and I'm going to deliver you. After the end of those 400 years, God was looking down on planet earth and he said, I am tired of watching people kill each other, steal from each other. I'm tired of watching families being busted up. I'm tired of watching the weak and the vulnerable be taken advantage of. I have had enough. I'm not going to let this world destroy itself. He's looking at us, and his father's heart was stirred to action within him, and he said, I love you enough, mankind. I'm not going to let you go any further down this road of destruction. I'm going to do something. And so God's unfortunately, he catches a bad rap by people who are just, to be honest with you, they're theologically illiterate and they like to paint the God of the Old Testament as being wicked and cruel. And I hate to tell you, but you're misreading the story deeply. You've got a severe misunderstanding of who God is if you think the God of the Old Testament is wicked and cruel. In the Old Testament, God had to send a flood to start to set things aright. He had to give strong edicts to people of righteousness and say, when you take lands of wickedness, you got to kill them all. That was the Old Testament. That was the only way he could deal with us. But don't you know that when God reached the end of those 400 years of silence, he did not have a basket full of lightning bolts that he was going to send down on the earth to electrocute us all? He didn't have a basket full of tornadoes that he dropped off, even though sometimes in Oklahoma it feels like he dumps all the tornadoes off right here, don't he? He didn't, wipe, he didn't wipe us out with tornado. He didn't wipe us out with flood. He didn't wipe us out with lightning bolts. He didn't split the earth and cause us to fall into the middle of it. No, you know what God did when he got ready to act? He gave. And in this single act, he is revealing to us his true nature, his true identity. He's not a God of cruelty. He's not a God that will not bend or break. He is a God that when the chips are down, he is so committed to us. When we are blind to him, when we are deaf to him, when we have turned our back on him, he is still willing to give. In this single action, he begins to unveil and unfold to us, to all the world, to all the universe. What does it mean and what does it look like to be a good, good father? A good father doesn't turn his back on his children when they stumble. A good father doesn't withhold his goodness when his children fall short. The scripture says that you men being wicked, speaking of normal average Joes, he said you're just a man and you are wicked, but if your son asks you for bread, you won't give him a stone. How much better is your father? in heaven. I come to remind somebody today that the one thing we got to get right before we go any further into the Christmas season is that the God we are celebrating, he is not wicked, cruel, harsh, hard, impenetrable. He is a God of mercy. He is a God of goodness. He is a God of compassion. And that when we don't deserve it, when we don't deserve it, when we didn't even know what to ask for, much less ask, he was willing to give to us. He did not give us the table scraps. He did not give us the seat all the way at the end of the table. He didn't make us come in the back door. He didn't treat us as second-rate citizens. God came and he gave us his absolute best. He gave us his one and only Son, the reason why we give is because he first gave to us. And so there is a great power in giving. What you need to know today is that just like God had the power to affect change in the world by giving, guess what? We as well as his sons and daughters, we have the ability to change our life, to change the life of those that we live with. And we have the ability to change our world when we go into the world not looking for what can I get. When we go into the world and start saying, What can I give? That is when we have the supernatural ability to take things that are broken and dead and cause them to live again. Somebody this year, you don't need to be thinking about what can I get. You need to be thinking about what can I give. And so, point number one is that God gave. God gave. But now you know that a gift says something. I didn't understand this until I fell in love. And I learned that if a humble country boy is of a mind to win the heart and affections of a well to do young lady, then he had best learn the art of gift giving. Because, let me just help the single men out. If daddy got money, she's used to nice gifts. And my wife, daddy had money. At least for a while, daddy had money. And so... My wife was used to a certain level and type of gift-giving, so much so that when I called him... I'm going to tell this story, Holly, because everybody needs to know that your daddy said it, so it's true. That when I called him to ask for her hand-in marriage... I was living in Georgia. We were living in another state. So that's why I didn't do it face-to-face. He was actually getting off an airplane when I talked to him. And I said, I'd really like to marry your daughter. And he went, well... He had a little alligator tear. I could hear it on the phone. You know, just like any dad would. And he said, well... He said, I'll have to pray about that. <laughs> he said, but you need to know right now, she's spoiled. And what he meant was, I've given her a good life, and so I don't want you living or putting her in some tent in the back of the holler. He was looking out for her, because he knew rough living didn't bother, didn't bother Jordan. <laughs> And so a lesson that I have been learning along the way is that a gift says something. So if you give, your, if you give the love of your wife, the, the love of your life, a stick of bubble gum, that don't say a whole lot. But when you give her flowers and food, can, can I just throw this one out? I know there are a lot of women that like chocolate. I love chocolate, so I get it. Don't just give your lady flowers and chocolate. Give her food, real food, tacos, burritos, steaks, chops, greens. (laughs) (laughs) Give her that real stuff, biscuits, bread, pasta y'all that's good preaching right there people lighten up they're saying hurry up so i can get the gift given give her some real food give her flowers and food give her some peace and quiet from them kids send them kids somewhere send them somewhere just get them kids off of me and then you know what jewelry make it bling make it shiny Make it sparkle like her beautiful blue eyes and be like, baby, the only thing that is more beautiful than the ring on that finger is the sparkle in your eyes. My goodness. If you want the best, you have to be willing to give the best. You know, uh, I I bought my wife an engagement ring and and it, it was a great tragedy that I still am working through forgiveness over. But that ring became disappeared. I don't even want to say lost because that would make someone responsible for it. We'll just say it disappeared. We could not find the thing, it disappeared. And so, my wife, uh, in all of her patients, uh, she went several years with no engagement ring. And we just didn't think it was wise to reinvest in that. But how do you know that there came a time where I'd had enough? I was like, my wife's got to have the jewelry. And so my wife, being kind of tight like her daddy was, we're in the jewelry store and this is the ring. She's got it on her finger and she's like, that's the one. How do you know that the one is always a little bit more expensive than the other one? Can I get anybody to wave at me and help me testify right now? You know what I'm talking about. And she didn't, she didn't want to spend what the one costed. And so I said, get Brittany on the phone up at the bank and you tell her move the money because you deserve this. And so see, now y'all don't know what my wife has had to put up with from Uncle Jordan right here, but she's been through it. That is the best woman in 14 counties. And so what does she get on her finger? She gets the best that we can afford. And so I said, move the money. And make it happen. Why? I wanted to say something to her that you deserve this. You are worthy of this. So she's got it on her finger right now. I can see it. It twinkles in the light. It blinds me sometimes. (laughs) The gift says something. Y'all, we're having fun, but y'all understand what I'm saying. So now let's be serious and talk just a minute. If you don't mind, I'd like to talk for just a minute about what the gift of God's son says to us. And so when he gave us his son... God is saying this, I want us to be family because Hebrew 2 and 10 says this, for it was fitting for him for, from whom all things and by whom all things were made to bring many sons and daughters to glory. And so God gave us his son because he wants to make us sons and daughters. When God gave us the gift of his action, what he is saying is that he will do anything for us. And I know this because Romans 8 and 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? There's nothing that he won't give you. And when he gave us a shepherd, what he is saying to us is that we will always be protected. The scripture says in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And when God gave us a Messiah, what he is saying to us is you don't ever need to be afraid ever again of the broken governments of men because Isaiah 9 and 6 says this, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and his name will be called wonderful. His name will be called counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, And Prince of Peace. And when God gave us his word to be made flesh, he was saying to us, you will never be lost again. Because Psalm 1 and 19 says that his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I need to remind somebody today that God has gave, He has given, and He will continue to give. Because when God gave us a preacher to tell us the truth, He was emphasizing that we shall know the truth, and the truth shall make us free. When He gave us a prophet to show us the future, He said this, when the Son of Man is near, salvation is near. And He gave us a healer so that we could be whole because Luke in 8 46 says this someone touched me and I felt healing power go out of me he gave us a savior so that we could be free from sin the scripture says the law of spirit makes us free from the law of sin and death God gave us a body that was for the broken he gave his blood for the guilty and he gave us a, his life so that we would never be separated even in death And then, y'all know, let me just skip to the good part, and then in the future on that third dark day, he raised his son from the dead because he wants to say this, God has so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall never perish but have everlasting life because God didn't send his son into the world to condemn it. gave us his son so that through him the entire world might be saved i wish there was somebody in oklahoma city that would get a little bit rowdy because his gift to us says something now if my band will come and if my prayer teams will prepare God gave. God gave. After all that mud and blood and silence and after the mess that we made of creation, God said, of all the things I can do, I'm going to give. And because he gave his best, it says something to us. And so I told the story about my wife's engagement ring, and and I painted myself as the hero. But let me tell the second part of the story. When we acquired the ring, there was this moment where she had to allow me to put the thing on her finger. She could have let me buy it. And she could have said, I'm so grateful that you're willing to do that, but I don't want that. That's not for me. I don't deserve that. I'm not worthy of that. We've had mistakes and fights and flaws and that we don't need to do that. That's not necessary for me. And so in this little micro story, I believe that we will begin to see ourselves in that sometimes the question is not What is God willing to give or what has he given? Sometimes the question is, what are we willing to receive? Because God is in heaven and the scripture teaches that his his arm is extended and his hand is open. He's willing and wanting to give to us. But here's the problem. We don't want it. We don't want it. And so God is following us around with with a proverbial engagement ring. And he's saying, please, please let me give this to you. I want to show you how I feel about you. I want this to be a sign of how we will always be together. I don't deserve it. I've fallen short. You don't know I've sinned. I do know, but I love you anyway but I'm not perfect and I mess up and and I have things that are not appealing and not attractive. And he's saying, but you're beautiful to me. I believe that all around this world today that the goodness of God is falling on deaf ears. And it's falling on eyes that are clenched shut. And it's falling on stony ground in stony hearts. It ain't that he ain't giving. That's country, it's okay. It's not that he's not giving, it's that we're not receiving. I could have bought that ring for my wife kept it in the little velvet case, which you'd think that you spend that much money, they'd give you something besides a velvet-wrapped piece of plastic, right? I could make it mahogany or something, make it fancy. And I could have put that thing in the safe. Could have kept it secure, and any time she wanted it, she could have went and got it. But God bless her, she was, she... Extended her hand. And let me put that on her finger. God's goodness is the same way for you. He has it for you. He's paid the price. He's done the hard work to give you his absolute best. He's moved heaven and earth. He's called the banker. He has done everything. All you have to do is extend your hand. I'm going to speak frankly to you because I love you. And I want you to know and experience God's best. And the truth is, you don't come here just so I make you feel good. You really come because you want God's best. I just help it along. Sometimes the reason why we aren't healed is we think we don't deserve it. You'll pray for the guy down the road, but you won't pray for yourself. You have a hard time asking and praying and saying, God bless me, because you think you've got to earn it. You can't earn a blessing or it ain't a blessing. If you earned it, it's a paycheck. I'm going to try that over here. If you've got to earn it, it ain't a blessing. of us are going to have to lay down our need to prove it, to prove that God should be good to us. We're going to have to lay down that you can do something to earn God's goodness, because you can't. The scripture says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. That means there's not one thing you can do to impress God. There's not something you can do to convince him to be more generous. There's not something you can do to convince him to be compassionate or merciful or faithful. I need to let somebody know you can't convince God of anything. He has already made up his own mind about who he is. He's already given his word and the scripture says that he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. In other words, he's good to me, not because I earned it, not because I'm perfect. He's good to me because that's who he is. And so I need to let somebody know today that when God is trying to bless you and he's trying to give you the gift of his son and you won't receive it, you're spitting in his face and saying, that's not good enough for me. A prideful heart and a vain filled soul will say, no, not me. But a humble heart will say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, be it done unto me according to your will. I come to tell the gate church today, God wants to give to you. But don't you miss on the gift because you're not willing to receive. There's two people that I want to pray for. If that's okay, my prayer teams will please come to the front. There's two people I want to pray for this morning. I want to have prayer teams in the altars every Sunday this month because we want to be walking with you and join arm in arm with you in prayer. And so there's one person I want to pray for today that you don't know Jesus. You've never actually received the gift of Jesus. You've never said yes to Him washing you clean and being your Lord and your Savior and then what I suspect is a far larger number is people you say I know the Lord I've met him we've got some time in together we've walked together I've experienced some of God's goodness here and along but as you're speaking today preacher I'm wondering if there's things of God that I've not been willing to receive yet and what we want to do is we want to pray with you that God will help you and meet you to teach you to receive. And I'm going to give you a crash course. You receive through your will. Receiving is a choice that you make. It's not a feeling. You can choose to receive. You can feel unworthy and still choose to receive. Say, how do I do that? It's so simple that if you try to think it through, you'll talk yourself out of it. It is this easy. God, I receive everything that you have for me. God, you know better than me even what I need. But God, whatever you have for me, I want it. I open my heart to receive from you. Lord, fill me up with everything that you have for me now was that difficult did anything that I just say have anything to do with your feelings no and you might be walking down here to meet with a prayer partner and you hear the voice of the enemy and you're saying everybody's looking at you they're trying to figure out what are you going down there for they're going to be trying to figure out your business ignore that nonsense Don't you let the voice of the enemy steal from you the gift that God has for you. So if you will, please stand on your feet with me. And here's what I would like. If everyone would please, if you would just briefly bow your heads and close your eyes. I don't want anyone looking around. If you're in here today and you say, I want someone to pray with me. I want everything that God has for me. I want to receive the gifts that he has given me. So if you're here and you say, I, need, I want to meet Jesus for the first time. I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. Or if you're here and you say, I need a touch from heaven today. I want to receive what God has for me. If that's you and you're here, here's all we ask. We've dimmed the lights. No one's looking at you. you are not going to shine the spotlight on you. But I want you to get out of your seat and come down here and meet me in the altar. congregation I'm going to pray softly I don't want to overwhelm the teams but I wonder if you all out there will you help me pray for our brothers and sisters who are here in the altars today so just extend your hands this way Lord we lift up our brothers and sisters to you today Lord we pray over each one and Lord we believe that you're meeting them right where they are Lord I ask that you pour out every ounce of your gifts on them. We call them healed. We call them whole. We call them blessed. And we call them favored. Help me pray right here, church. We declare you over them. They're the head and not the tail. They're above and not beneath. They're blessed coming in and blessed going out. Blessed in the city and blessed in the country. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' As we continue to pray with our friends here in the altar. I want to be able to dismiss those of you in the congregation if you don't need prayer today please stay tuned stay connected, stay informed during this season we want you to know that we love you that God loves you and there's not one thing that you can do about it so as you leave today let's pre- please keep the atmosphere of prayer in the house but we release you and dismiss you Go and be blessed.
1: Hey, Gate Church family. My name is Eva, and my husband and I serve on the vision team with Pastors Jordan and Holly, and we just want to thank you For joining us today as part of our online community wherever you're watching in the world we believe that god is touching you right in your home you know there was a few things uh that pastor jordan wanted to leave us with number one if you've never asked christ into your heart maybe you're coming across this for the first time and you don't know jesus or maybe it's been a long time and you feel like you've drifted away we want to pray for you Please let us know. Type in the comments below. I want to be saved, and we would love to pray for you and walk you through how you can have Christ as your Savior. He loves you, and He desires to be in a relationship with you. And then, second, Pastor Jordan, address. I think all of us can relate to this: is that can we truly received the gift that Jesus came to bring us? It wasn't just uh salvation into heaven but it was so much more it was all encompassing he desires for us to be whole he desires for us to have peace he desires for us to have joy and i want to encourage you today that you don't have to i love what pastor jordan said you don't have to work for it that'd be a paycheck but it's truly a gift and all we have to do is receive this incredible Supernatural, indescribable gift that Christ made available to us. So I'm just going to pray for you. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Maybe you're driving, keep your hands on the wheel, wherever you can hear me. I want to pray for you and I want to encourage what God is stirring and what God is saying today. And so, Father, I pray for every person that is watching God, whether they're watching me live or whether they're watching this later. Father, I thank you that you've brought them to this place, Lord. If they're asking you into their heart for the first time, Father, lord jesus i just pray right now that you would meet them right where they are god father i pray for those that you know just feel like they just can't seem to get it father i pray lord that they would just be a recipient maybe you can just take one hand or both just as a symbol and saying Father, I am going to be a recipient of the gift of Jesus, not just my way into heaven, but a recipient of all the things and the wholeness that Christ came to bring. I receive that today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Guys, listen, it's something you have to walk out each and every day. It's not a one and done perfect thing. So don't be discouraged. Just choose consciously every day. I'm going to be a recipient of this amazing gift as we reflect on that in this Christmas season. Thank you again for joining us. Let us know if this was your first time watching. We want to know. We want to connect with you in some way. So you may be online, but you know what, guys? We want to connect with you. We have an online connect group. There's so many ways to be a part of this body. So if that's you, let us know. We want to get you connected. Have an amazing week.